This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Uh, your thoughts on that transaction earlier today? Yeah, I mean, you never like want anybody to lose their job, right? I feel a little dirty celebrating a guy losing his job, so I'm not going to like celebrate it on social media. I think Joe Barry is a fine linebacker coach. I think that there's probably a spot for him in the National Football League or at the collegiate level, maybe doing that job, or he could go be the defensive coordinator somewhere else. You know, maybe a team with a bunch of talent, like an Aaron Donald and, you know, uh, like a bunch of dudes. But, um, <clears throat> I just I don't really like the Joe Barry defense, to be quite honest. And so uh, I think it was time for Joe Barry to go. So no big surprise, really. Um, I think it was just time. Uh, but again, yeah, I feel uh, a little sleazy cheering for a guy to get fired. But like, you know, I mean, look at even the games that the defense played well against uh, or good against, you know, good down the stretch. It was against Chicago. It was against you know, Minnesota, and then, uh, you know, I mean, they played all right against San Francisco, but also they didn't have to go against Debo Samuel, and there was some weather, and Brock Purdy couldn't hang on to the ball, couldn't hold on to the ball. So uh, I think it was time for Joe Barry to go. So I'm uh, pretty happy about it. I uh, will say I was surprised uh, that they fired Joe Barry. Now, again, we just got done with a firing in Milwaukee with Adrian Griffin of the Bucks. I think that was a surprise uh, to many people. Then Reese Hoskins uh, signs from the Phillies to the Brewers as a first baseman. I think that was another surprise. I don't think anybody thought the Brewers would spend the money to get Reese Hoskins. So that was a pleasant surprise. Uh, And then the very next morning here on Wednesday, Joe Barry gets fired. And I really did not think uh, that Matt LaFleur would let them uh, move on from Joe Barry. And I know everybody says, well, it's Matt LaFleur's LaFleur's decision. Yeah, maybe. But I promise you, Brian Gutenkunst and Mark Murphy uh, had conversations and, and with Matt LaFleur about how this whole thing was going to play out, as they do probably most years before they make these type of decisions. And this is a situation here where this had to be very, very difficult for LaFleur because you know when they hit rock bottom, whether you want to say that was the Baker Mayfield perfect quarterback rating game or if you want to say the Carolina Panther game where he gave up 30 points to that putrid Carolina offense with Bryce Young, uh, at quarterback, after you get past the Panther game, they did start playing better. They were blitzing a little bit more. I think they were playing a little bit more man. Uh, they were using Darnell Savage a little bit different. They, they made adjustments. They, they, they did some different things. Uh, they started getting more natural pass rush uh, from uh, their guys up front that they weren't necessarily getting consistently uh, earlier in the year. And so things were going in the right direction. And then when you beat Dallas, and you should have beat the San Francisco 49ers, I just thought in my mind that there was no way they were firing Joe Barry at that point because he clearly had shown that he had figured it out. Now, the one thing that maybe works against Joe Barry is this same thing happened last year where after the bye week, remember they had a late bye week, after that late bye week, all of a sudden that Packers defense played much better, and I'm guessing that was a sell job from LaFleur. Oh, he figured it out. Here we go. Okay, man, fine. But then they come back, and it's same old, same old, and now he figures it out again at the end. Again, when Matt LaFleur gets involved, it appears. Uh, and this time, it doesn't appear. Matt was able to uh, have the same sell job as he was last year. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, okay, so there was some good stuff towards the end of the season. He had to make some adjustments. They played a little bit more man defense on third downs. You know, when they had the right personnel, meaning when they had Jair back, which, man, that's a whole other issue. But, um, you know, like also mixed in the final two months of the season, like you said, with the Panthers, Bryce Young had his best game of his career as a rookie. Like he didn't look good the rest of the season, and he goes off for 300-plus passing yards. Tommy DeVito, who will never start again in this league most likely, is NFC Player of the Week. Baker Mayfield had a fine season, but he should never go into Lambeau Field and have a perfect QB rating. No other quarterback had ever done that besides Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, like there was some good, but there was a lot of bad too. And like you said, man, what works against him is that this is kind of the same thing that happened, you know, last year, even the year before that. And it's, I think it's just time to make a change because Brian Gutekind, you know, you got to think about him. He's He's hit on – it looks like he's hit on Jordan Love, and it looks like he's hit on the last couple drafts. But, you know, there's still a bunch of first-round picks or second-round picks on the defensive side of the ball that he wants to see probably if he could get the most out of some of these guys. And so, you know, I, I think that he's got to get a new guy in there, a new voice in there, a new philosophy, a new scheme to kind of figure out if these guys could play and if they're deserving of second or third contracts or if, you know, and I, and I think a lot of these guys probably are gone. I think they're going to kind of have to rebuild this defense on the fly. You know, that's why they're taking guys like Van Ness and that's why they paid Rashawn Gary. And hopefully we get more than one sack the final eight weeks of the season next year. But uh, you know, that's, that's the other thing, man. He probably looks at some of these guys numbers and he's like, I just paid Rashawn Gary a hundred plus million dollars, man. I know that this guy could be a double digit sack guy. So we got to get some help, and we also got to get a new voice in here. So I think it just makes sense to move on from Joe Barry. It sucks, man, but that's the NFL. You know what I mean? Like Bill Belichick just got fired, the greatest coach of our generation. Uh, Pete Carroll just got fired. Nick Saban just retired. Like, it, it, I mean, that's a different story. But, like, in the NFL, it rarely ends good. Mike Rabel just got fired. Who the hell else would have had the Tennessee Titans as the number one seed in the playoffs three years ago? No, I agree with you 100%. I'll go back to Rashawn Gary. So – Do you feel like it's fair to say, okay, Rashawn Gary, you know, you've had a half a sack the last several weeks of the season, um, and we're going to put it on your defensive coordinator. To me, the position that Rashawn Gary plays, it's on Rashawn Gary to beat a one-on-one. Joe Barry can't beat a one-on-one for him. How does Joe Barry get lumped into being responsible for Rashawn Gary not doing his job? Yeah, I mean, that's true. He he, he probably doesn't. I mean, that's that's on Rashawn Gary. I'm just saying that – when you're Goot, when you're the general manager of a team, you got to look at it like, I mean, what are you going to do, man? You're going you're gonna to trade Rashawn Gary? You're going to cut him, or are you going to bring in another coordinator and try to get him some help, maybe on the defensive line, maybe a maybe a couple more pass rushers? I like Preston Smith, and uh, you know Van Ness showed well when he did get out there, especially the second half of the season. But I mean, you know why the Baltimore Ravens are still playing football and the Kansas City Chiefs? They have multiple guys that could get after the quarterback. You can't just have one guy or that guy's going to get double teamed. Hell, even look at the Cowboys-Packers playoff game. Do you even remember Micah Parsons barely being out there? I don't, and that's because um, Green Bay was able to do some interesting stuff and and neutralize them. So uh, I don't know that the new coordinator is going to help Rashawn Gary have, have a bunch of sacks or anything like that, but I do think it was definitely time to bring somebody new in. It's good to... It's going to be interesting to see uh, which way they go schematically with the coordinator that they hire because the defense that they play is similar to what Staley played uh, with the Chargers and what they do with the Rams and so forth. More of a zone defense, not as man-to-man, much man-to-man, want to keep it in front of you, want to get pressure up front. That's kind of the way of the McVay 
Shanahan-type defense. That's how they try to do it. Uh, The Wink Martindales of the world, those type of defenses normally don't partner up with one of these Shanahan coaches uh, running their offense. So from that standpoint, if it's going to be more of the same schematically, I don't know how much more it's really going to change going forward with the same personnel and the same type of scheme. 